Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. This actually, this is a one of the favorite, my favorite things that I did to overcome um, issues and challenges that I had in my own success. So I want to start, before I get into the the real meat of it, I want to start off with a story about how I used my will. So just everybody write this down for your moment. Your will really is your ability to focus. It's not so much your ability to force, although you can use force, but not in the sense of force of pushing. It's your own personal force, which we're going to get into. Um, what's really cool about this is that I tell people, you've, everybody's heard at some point that you have to have money to make money. And actually, there is some truth behind that. You have to have money to make money. What people don't understand is that even though their bank account might be zero, that they actually have money. And this is where uh, the power of will to earn or accelerate your income actually comes into play. So here's this story that I would that I, I want to tell you about. When I first started um, working with my mentor, he basically said to me a few things that uh, indicated to me the seriousness of the relationship that I was entering into. Uh, one of it was the, the extreme cost of what it cost to enter into the relationship with him and the contractual agreement that basically I was going to do whatever it is that he told me to do, but he didn't say up front what he was going to tell me to do. So it was... It was um, it was really based on a huge trust factor uh, that I trusted this person, and I did trust this person. And he said, you know, I cannot coach you your way. I can only coach you my way. And he said, you told me you want to be a millionaire, and if you want to be a millionaire, you're going to have to do things until my way until you out-earn me. And I thought to myself, now that makes a lot of sense. Um, so I'm in. I'm, I'm going to do this. Well, some of the first things that my mentor asked me to start doing were, were things that were costing me an extreme amount of money, things like flying first class, the beautification of my home, um, which, you know, basically meant, you know, new furniture and, I mean, all kinds of stuff to really make it as beautiful as I possibly could. Uh, the beautification of my life, actually. Um, the uh, riding in the back of the car, you know, hiring a, a limo or a driver for wherever I went when I was on the road, staying in um, the you know the four or five star hotels, the best hotels in the area of wherever I was traveling, really, really up leveling my life as first class as I possibly could um, immediately, and doing it without actually physically having the money to do it at the time. So what did this require? This required that I learn how to use my will, which was basically my ability to focus, in order to create exactly what I desired in my life. 
And it's an exercise that once you begin to intellectually understand it, you can then move it into um, the emotional understanding through the actions that are required for you to take uh, in order to have this breakthrough. So let's start with this. The alchemists of the, of the old days referred to the human will as the philosopher's stone. It's the magic uh, that kind of turns lead into gold. With your will, you can take any circumstance or situation that is not working the way that you want it to and change it very rapidly, and it can help you achieve anything that you desire. And that's why the will is like the, uh, the secret. It is like a, well, it's not, it's not really a secret, but in many books it's been called, um, it's been referred to as a secret. So we'll say it's like the secret to accelerating your income because it, it's the place where most people stop uh, because they think that they cannot get past whatever obstacle is in front of them. So use your will on yourself. That's where, this is where it, it, it takes place first and foremost. When I was growing up, I thought the human will was something that you applied to someone or something outside yourself. You used your will to get someone to do something for you or to apply pressure to something. So I'll talk more about this as we go along, but those applications of will are not in harmony with the laws of the universe. The correct application of will is on you. Your will is a mental muscle. It's your ability to hold a single thought or idea in your consciousness and not waver from it. You use your will to keep out any thoughts or ideas that might take you off course or distract you. It helps you stay solely focused on your purpose and the result that you want to get for yourself. Now, it's not difficult to apply your will, and you, don't have to, you, you really don't have to force it. The idea is, in fact, when you use it in concert with what it is that you love, the application becomes virtually effortless. So you're combining your will, which is your ability to focus, with something that you love. Now think about it. When you're in love with something, focusing on it doesn't require a lot of effort. Do you recall when you fell in love with somebody um, you didn't have to write a note to yourself or put it on your calendar to remember Bob or Sally, okay? You saw Bob's face in your oatmeal in the morning. You couldn't stop thinking about Bob. Focusing on Bob was effortless, and so was applying your will uh, when it's the result of something that you really love in your life. For instance... Let's say that you've decided that you're going to fulfill a lifelong dream to live in Bali for two months, and you need an extra 50000 to pay for the first-class ticket and living expenses. Applying your will to help you achieve your dream would actually be a joy. You'll stay focused on the actions, the focused on the thoughts and the ideas that are actually going to bring you the opportunities so that you can receive the money that is required in order to fulfill whatever your desire is. In this case, it's a trip to Bali. If doubt tries to creep in, you use your will, your deliberate focus, to turn away from it. And it's easy because 
Bally, in this case, is your dream, and you're happy that you've decided to give yourself this gift. In contrast to that, um, being in law school, because your father wants you to be a lawyer, but you want to be a musician, can you imagine the drudgery of 12 to 15 hours a day to achieve something that you don't want? Can you imagine how difficult it would be to apply your focus when everything inside is screaming no? On the other hand, if you had a burning desire to help people through the legal system, applying your will would actually be easier because it's the result of something that you truly desire. Now, what about temptations? Will and willpower can be tools to resist temptations. And we're always going to have some kind of temptation in our life. But in this context, the problematic temptations are those that distract you from your desired result. They may include the thoughts that you think, um, what you watch on TV, or your friends, or people that you associate with. Anything that pulls you away from the desired result is a temptation that you'd be wise to remove from your life. Your will is the way. Your will is the way to what you desire. Whatever you desire, your will is the way. It will point you in the correct direction. Apply it to keep yourself singularly focused on the thoughts and the actions that will lead you to your goal. And then don't waver until you're flying across the Pacific on your way to Bali. Here's the greatest thing about this. Manipulation is completely unnecessary. People exert their will to try to get someone to do something for them. They try to coerce people into buying their products or services because they believe that their wealth, supply, and abundance come from people. So they have to manipulate them in order to get it. The truth is they don't. Money does not flow from people. It flows from spirit through people. So... There is, no, there is no reason for, co for coercion um, and any kind of manipulative persuasion because they're not only wrong, but they get you nowhere. They're unnecessary and they're completely counterproductive. You have to remember that spirit wants you to have what you want. Um, so you don't have to try to manipulate the universe either. As Wallace Waddles wrote in The Science of Getting Rich, you do not have to compel God to give you good things any more than you have to use your will to make the sun rise. Spirit wants you to have what you want even more than you do. That's why people can manifest instantaneously. To get rich, you need only use your willpower on yourself. Now, Write this down. Will equals focus. Will equals focus. As I talked about a little earlier, will is nothing but the mental muscle that you use to focus on something. You use your will to hold the thought of your desire and don't allow a contrary thought to come into your mind. Stay completely focused on what you want. When you waver... Exert your will to realign your thoughts with faith and abundance. If you do that, I predict that you'll see an instant evidence of the rightness of your action, meaning that immediately 
you're going to start to experience in your life the result of the switch of your focus. Because whatever you focus on grows. Whatever you focus on begins to show up in your life. Um, I'll give you, for instance, a client of mine got upset uh, because he got some really unsettling work-related news that sent him down a rabbit hole. He started making assumptions and questioning everything about his path, like, am I even doing the right thing? He was seriously considering just totally throwing in the towel and ending what he was doing. Then he remembered this teaching about the will, and he exerted it to bring his thoughts back to knowing what he was worth, to realizing that wealth flows from spirit, not from people, and knowing that everything he wanted was on its way. Two minutes later, an email came in which clarified the original news. It turned out that all was well, that this was followed one minute later by a second email from a prospect who was actually wanting to work with him. And I can tell you that I have seen this over and over again. I have countless stories of people where at the, at the, the very you know, last minute when they were ready to throw something in, they changed their mind and what they wanted actually came to them. Napoleon Hill talked about this in Think and Grow Rich in the, in the story, I forget which chapter it's in, but it's called Three Feet from Gold. It's a story about a prospector that literally stopped gave up hope because he let doubt creep in his mind and he was three feet away from one of the largest gold veins ever discovered in history. Uh, everything that, that they had was sold for scrap. All the machinery they had was sold for scrap. Um, somebody else came in, looked at the situation with a more optimistic eye and a different viewpoint and said, we're going to dig here. And, they, and literally three feet away, they tapped into, one, like I said, one of the richest gold veins that was ever discovered um, at that time. So think about my client for a moment. What would have happened if my client continued down the rabbit hole? Um, it, would, it would really be a disaster if, you, if they went down that place because as you, as when you, when you use, your, use your will to focus on something that you don't want, you create more of what you don't want. And in the immediate, you make everything that you don't want more real, even if you haven't manifested it yet. So your will is focused on something that you don't want. And when you're focused on something that you don't want, you start creating a story about all the things that are going wrong in your life. Those stories are filled with blame. They're filled with projection. They're filled with reasons about why you shouldn't do something. When those things are internalized, we start dealing with shame. We start dealing with guilt. We start dealing with all kinds of bad feelings that we don't want to experience. So our internal fight or flight mechanism wants to move away from all of that pain in our life. And we start thinking to ourselves, why am I even doing this? What's the use? I don't get to spend any time with my family. What if this goes wrong? I'll be made a fool of. Uh, what if God doesn't want me to do this? And we start coming up with all these crazy reasons in our mind, and we don't understand that the cause of it was because we took our focus off of why we could do something, how we could create the resources that we need, want, and desire, 
and put them on, the, on why we can't because we had one obstacle show up in our mind. What we want to do is to understand that the universe wants us to have everything that we want. No matter what the situation is that we're in, no matter how dire it may seem, the universe wants you to have what you truly desire because it's part of fulfilling your purpose in life. So you're the one who puts up the wall to keep everything out. What we want to do is to bring down the wall. And we want to bring down the wall by making a decision to hold the frame of mind that says, wealth is mine, it's coming to me every day, the way for me to go to Bali, the way for me to go to the seminar, the way for me to buy a car, the way for me to travel to Greece, whatever it is I want, is being shown to me each and every day. You hold those thoughts in your mind, then you go out and you be of service. I always think, how can I help someone? Um, it was, for many years, I trained myself to think every day. The first thought was, when I get out of bed, was, how can I help someone? How can I help? How can I be of service to, to someone else? Um, and it, 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 what it did was it, it was, it was a, a precursor in the morning. It was a prepper, if you will, uh, or a preframe for the day of where my focus was going to go. How can I help? How can I be of service? And I used that for a, a, a long time. Since, since then, I've switched it to what is the truth in this because I think that that takes, takes us to a, a higher level of answer, and it also helps um, us focus on the correct choice for the person that we do want to help and the person that we should be helping. But there's still nothing wrong with uh, how can I help someone, how can I be of service, um, and where can I be of service. So... We want to hold those thoughts in our mind and then go out and then we want to be that service to the world. So whatever it is that we put out is going to come back. If you follow the laws that I teach and you use your will the right way, there cannot be any lack in your life. There can't be any lack because lack is only a perception. Abundance is the truth. Now I'm going to say that again. There can't be any lack because lack is only a perception and abundance is the truth. You might want to write that down. I'll give it to you one more time. There can't be any lack because lack is only a perception and abundance is the truth. But we have to make that our truth. Focus on that truth and you're going to experience it as truth in your life. When I first started doing what I do for a living, my income tripled in 12 months. Income uh, is really nothing to me now. I pick a number and I have it. It, it, it. It's not about, it's never about the size of the number. And I think that people really get tripped up, especially in the beginning when they're going to pick a financial number. We're talking about money here now. Um, for anything in their life. They look at a number. Um, they have, first of all, let's start here. 
You have a desire for something, and whatever it is that you have a desire for has a cost to it. There's a financial component uh, that is attached to the thing that you desire. So when we consider the, the financial component of something, if that cost is not something that we have experienced in the past, very often we will switch our focus off of what it is that we desire and into a place of what we think we can have or what we think we can accomplish. So our focus shifts, and, and what we don't understand when we do that is it's actually being controlled by lack. So what we do is we struggle even with the, the small things that we get in our life because it's actually coming from a lack belief. Whatever you desire in your heart, you can have. So this comes from the knowledge and the awareness that we have a divine right to actually be rich, okay? Whether you use divine or universe or energy or spirit, it matters not to me. Um, but Wallace Waddles wrote in 1903 in The Science of Getting Rich that you have a divine right to be rich and there is no more effective way to serve humanity than by getting rich yourself. Now, he means that by the complete and total use of your human and spiritual faculties, you become whole. You become the best that you can be, and abundance is part of that package. Now, if we're coming from a divine, spiritual, or universal principle, we have to realize that everything is created as a whole. Nothing is created as a half. Nothing is created with the idea of lack. Everything is created as a whole. We're also given free will. We have a free will. In other words, we have the ability to focus on whatever it is that we, we choose to focus on even if we're choosing to focus on something that is entirely out of ignorance. So if we're raised with the idea that there is a lack in the universe, then what ends up happening is that we create more of that lack in our life because it's what it is that we're, we, we can focus on. Now, the fact that we have a creative ability is identified by the fact that we have the ability to choose. Our ability to choose allows us to create even when we do not understand how we're going to create something. Another thing that Waddles put in The Science of Getting Rich, and I'm mentioning it several times here, so it, it would probably be a great idea for you to go online and you can download a, a free PDF of the book. It's been in the public domain forever, um, and it's, it's, a, it's a phenomenal read. Uh, in that, in that book, um, The Science of Getting Rich, Waddles was pointing out that let's say even if we used up all of the human resources that we perceive that we currently have, which we're always, by the way, finding out that we have more than we think about. In 1970, um, uh, the, the scientists and people that were studying the geology around the earth and uh, the earth's ability to create and hold as much oil as it had or whatever. They were telling us at that time we only had 20 years left of oil 
um, that was in the earth. And we now know that it's, you know, it's, it's, way, it's way more than that. Every year they're finding out we had more than we thought that we had. But in the science of getting rich, he was pointing out that even if we came to the point where we thought we were running out of it, more would be created from the formless substance because the divine will never let us go without whatever it is that we need. So it either, would either be the equivalent, it would either be the exact thing that we need, or it would be the equivalent of we need, of what we need, and what we need is really going to control what our focus is at that point in time. Now, what we're thinking about and what Waddles is talking about in the science of getting rich is that by the complete and total use of your human and spiritual faculties, you become whole. And by becoming whole, you're then going to be in resonance with the idea of abundance. If we are coming from a place of lack, we're not coming from a place of being spiritually whole, and we're in resonance with what it is that we don't have or why we can't do something. By reaching the place of wholeness for ourselves, we also inspire others to reach it too. So your will is the key to getting there. Your ability to focus and, where, and wherever you direct that focus is your key to getting there. Also remember what Emerson said. Emerson said that whatever you focus on grows. Whatever you focus on grows. He also said that do the thing and you get the energy to do the thing. A lot of people, uh, when they begin to focus on something, they're fighting an internal battle that exhausts them. And the battle is not the, 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 the constant attempt or try of manifesting the thing that they want, but it is the battle of focusing on what they don't have versus what it is that they want. Or the battle is focusing on not wanting to do something versus disciplining themselves to do it. And I've already covered the idea that if you fall in love with what it is that you want to do, that the discipline part um, from the aspect of making yourself do something every day is not really necessary because we only have to make ourselves do what it is that we don't want to do. We always are doing what we want to do. The question is, is that if we're doing something that we want to do and it's not producing exactly what we want, why are we doing it? And very often we're doing it because we do not understand that we can do something that we absolutely truly love to do from a perspective of being whole and manifest that which we, what it is that we want. So it's every way that you come at this, it's about a shift in your focus in order to manifest um, to manifest and accelerate the income that you desire for yourself. You don't even have to take my word from this. Um, all you have to do is try it. Try it for yourself and you'll see. Try, try taking things in your life and testing the power of your own will. You have used your mental muscle to turn around disappointing situations or manifest something amazing 
um, by staying singularly focused on something you desired in the past. You may have to think about it and go back and remember what that was, but I guarantee you that you've done it. If you're a human being who walks, who has the ability to walk, you know, putting one foot in front of the other, that means that you focused on walking long enough in order to be able to walk. Nobody ever said to you after you fell down the first few times, oh, forget it, this kid's never going to walk, right? You kept doing it until you learned how to walk. You kept speaking until you learned how to talk. You kept reading until you learned how to read. You kept writing until you learned how to write. Everything that you have done now that is a habitual habit you don't even need to think about anymore is because you focused on it for so long and did it so many times that it literally became part of who you are. You did that by the exercise of your will. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.